Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, I'm so glad that you're here today. I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what you're facing. But anytime we gather together, you know, we can read the Bible on our own. We carry the presence of God, right? As soon as you say yes to Jesus and he's ready to fill you with his presence, you carry his presence with you wherever you go. So it's not like, well, you can only get his presence at church. That's not true. You carry your presence, but there is something special about us gathering together. So I'm so excited, both you here in person and those that are online, thank you for joining us today. And uh, I'm excited. I'm going to teach today, and the the title of my message today is, You Gotta Have Faith. You Gotta Have Faith. And we know that throughout Scripture, faith is something that's talked about. It's believing in God. But there's some things that I want to go over today. And uh, usually we would, again, reference the screens and say the same translation of the scripture. I'm going to read from the New International or the NIV version today and also going to reference a a couple others. So I'll read, but whatever version you have, just read along. You're good. So we're going to talk today about you got to have faith. And I want to talk about four different areas that, uh, you know, we should be asking ourselves. And what is faith is one. Two is, why do I need faith? I think it's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Why do I even need faith? In today's world with so many things going on, so many different ways that you can live, I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, why do I need faith? Also, I also want to ask this question, how do I develop my faith? You know, it's one thing to step out there and go, hey, I... I can believe in God, but I just don't know if I can do this or that. I'm not sure that he has more for me. And that's the process of developing your faith, walking with the Lord and developing. And finally, how do I use my faith? So four areas today. What is faith? Why do I need it? How do I develop it? And how do I use it? So today I'm going to read out of Hebrews chapter 11. If you would turn with me to Hebrews 11, whether you have a a hard copy Bible or you have a phone or iPad or whatever you have, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 1 through 3, we're going to start there and ask this question, what is faith? So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, it says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So we're going to camp there today. Father, we open our hearts to you. Let it not be my voice or my words that come through, but whatever you want to speak to us today, custom it to our ears, custom it to where we are today. Whatever you want to speak, God, we say we're open to you today, and we say it in Jesus' name. We receive your word. So Hebrews 11, you know, if if you've ever opened up a Bible or, or read it at all, uh, you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and it usually is called the great faith chapter. Because it gives a lot of examples about different people throughout that believe God for different things and what it means to them. 
But Hebrews 11, uh, 1 and 3, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. So faith is really two things here according to Hebrews and the writer of Hebrews. Number one, it's confidence. It's confidence. And the definition of, of confidence is this, the quality or state of being certain. The quality or state of being certain. So it means faith is a hope, but it's a confident hope. There, there's, there's something there that goes, yeah, it's just not something, I, uh, maybe it'll happen, I'm not quite sure. But no, there's confidence that comes with it. So it says the quality or state of being certain. So faith is confidence. I know, I know there's something there. There's something that I can be certain of. I don't know about you, but there's things in life that I am certain of. Number one, I love to drink Coke, you know, Coca-Cola, okay? Not Pepsi. I apologize if you like Pepsi. I don't know where you're from, but Coca-Cola, I really like Coca-Cola. I also like to eat food. I'm certain that I like to eat food, right? There's things in life that are certain, and you get to know them. You get to know, hey, what's my calling in life? What am I doing? And you might be doing a, a career, whatever it is, but it's something that you enjoy. If you enjoy it and you're doing it, I believe you're certain you know what you're supposed to be doing because you're certain. This is me. I got this. I got this. There's certainty and that's what faith is. There's confidence in it. Secondly, faith, according here in Hebrews 1, is its assurance. Faith is assurance. And simply put, assurance is security. Security. Now, I don't know if you've ever done, I haven't done a whole lot of this, but I've read a little bit about it. But when you get into things like investing, whether if it's with monies, the stocks, or with properties. You know, you have investors that are a part of things that, you know, you're raising up because sometimes you may not have all of the money, but you get a group of people together and they're investors together and they go, yeah, we're going to pool our money together and we're going to go after this. And you know, what is one of the things when they go to invest in a new product or a new service or a new group, what do they ask? Well, what kind of security can you give me? that I'm going to get a return on what I'm giving you, <laughs> right? Because they're giving you finances to go after whatever it may be. And so faith is assurance. It's security. And so when we hope in God, when we look to him, our hope, our faith is two things. It is confidence. I can be confident. I can walk into something that God has for me, and I know that I know that I know that I know, right? You have those things. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know about this, right? It's confident. I'm strong in it. And also, it's assurance. It's security. I know that when I put my trust in God, I'm not going to be disappointed, He's not going to leave me hanging. He's not going to leave me out to dry. He's not going to be like, well, are, are you going to come through for me or not? No, you can be certain. You can be secure in knowing when you put your faith in God, he will come through for you. I also want to read Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 in the Passion Translation. I really like how it brings this out. It says this, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove 
that which is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to that which is now seen. So faith, as we see it here, is something that we put in God, we have confidence, and we understand, even though if I can't see it with my physical eyes, right? We have our senses, our five senses. We can taste, and we can touch, and we can smell, and we can hear, and we can feel. Thank you. I, was, I, I knew I was missing something. But, right, one of those things, a lot of times, if I, what do people say? Well, if I can't see it, I, I'm not going to believe it. Right? Even Jesus had to confront one of his disciples, Thomas. After Jesus rose from the dead, Thomas said, well, I'm just, I'm not going to believe, you know, if, if you won't show me. And so Jesus finally has to come and he says, oh, Jesus, my Lord and my God. But Jesus says to him, you know, if you would believe without seeing, you would be blessed. And that same thing is true for us when we look to God. So, I, I, you know, as we're thinking about this faith, I, I want to bring up, even as Pastor David mentioned, that we moved here from Minnesota. We've been here two and a half years. And, uh, but when we lived in Minnesota, Lauren and I, we uh, have been married for a number of years. We had our, our boys, but we didn't have any girls yet. And uh, we wanted to save up to buy a house, okay? So we were saving money. We were saving money. And uh, we wanted to buy our own place. We had been renting a place, and then we, through a series, man, we lived with both sets of parents, and it was a long time. It was a long time. We love our parents. It wasn't that. But you know, you know, once you get out of the house and you go back to live with your parents, you're like, oh, gosh. It just doesn't work for the long haul, usually, usually, okay? No. Maybe, maybe somebody else has a different situation, but I'll just let you know that. Okay, so anyways, we were saving up money. We had saved up enough money for what we thought would be a good down payment on a house. And uh, we went and bought, but the problem was, is we still, we had some debts. We had some things that, you know, we, we were still having to pay. And of course, when a lender looks at that, they go, well, you don't have enough income and you have too much debt. And they look at all these different details and they say, well, this is all you can qualify for. That's all you can get. So we're looking and we probably looked at 100 houses. I'm going to say at least 100 houses. Serious. Because the market at that time was so crazy, you couldn't even, you would look at a house online and they say, oh, we already have 15 offers. What are you talking about? It just went on the market two hours ago. Yeah, we got 15 offers already. And so we went through this process. We could only buy something certain. We're just like, oh God, we don't know what to do. And in the middle of that, the Lord spoke to us and said, take that money that you've saved and pay off that debt. And we thought, now Lord, we're trying to save money towards this. Why would we do that? And we just thought, okay, well, well, we'll check it out. We talked to a few people, you know, family members, and they're just like, especially our parents, no, don't spend that. Why? Because they're like, you're saving that money while you're living in this house. You, you got to get out of this house and use that money. We talked to a few other people. The lender that we were working at with, we said, hey, what would happen if we took that money and paid off that debt? And he goes, nah, it's not going to do anything without Okay, well, should we go back to the Lord? Lord, what, what should we do? What should we do? Lord says, take that money, pay off that debt. And we thought, wow, 
Are you sure, Lord? But we finally were convinced on the inside. See, we began to see something. The Lord was speaking to us. We couldn't see with our eyes. We didn't understand all the details of what God wanted to do. And yet we said, okay, God, we're trusting you. We're secure in you. We know you're not going to leave us hanging, so we'll do it. We stepped out there and did that, and the Lord opened up a whole bunch more of what we couldn't have even seen. It allowed us to get into a, a home that was great for our family. It was clean. Guess what? We didn't have to do anything when we walked in. It was amazing. And yet, the Lord set us up for a lot of things. So faith, it's confidence, insurance. You may be facing things today and you don't know, man, I just can't see it. I don't know what it is. Let your faith get into the Lord. What has he said to you? What has he spoken? Go back to his word and what he said to you. Secondly today, why do I need faith? Hebrews eleven six says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. It's not a, well, you can try it. No, it's impossible, meaning it will not happen. If you do not have faith, you cannot please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he won, he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He'll take care of you. You go after him, and he will take care of you. So why do I need faith today? It also says in the Passion Translation here in verse 6, I love this, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God for we come to God in faith knowing one that he's real. He's real. He exists. He actually does exist. He's real. And that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. So faith, we understand here from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that faith is a key. It helps us to access God because without it, what happens? We can't, we can't, please him. We can't come into connection with him. So faith is our key to not only access God, but also all that he has for me, all that he has for you. What does God have for you? You may not even know. You may be finding out, I think he's, I think this is what he wants me to do. I think this is what he has for me. And so faith is your key to do that. Uh, just a little bit later in Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12, it says this, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age and was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man and this one woman, that uh, even though their bodies were as good as dead, they came the descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and countless as the sand of the seashore. See, it talks about Abraham and Sarah. If you don't know it, go back, rewind. Well, you guys, maybe you don't know what, do you know what rewind is? When you say rewind, we're talking about like the old VCR players. Anybody know that? You click rewind, it had to rewind it. Anyways, so we rewind back to Genesis and we read the story about Abraham. Uh, a man that was originally called Abram, God called out to him and said, I want you to leave your current state, where you are right now, where you're living, where you're invested, and guess what? All your family is there. That's your, your security, right? You're comfortable there. Leave all that, and I'm going to take you to somewhere else. But what did God say? He said to him, a place that you don't even know. Wait a second. God's calling me to go to a place I don't even know of? He might be doing that in your life today. 
He might be calling you up to something where you go, I've never been this way before. I don't even know what I'm doing, right? I have no idea what I'm doing. But God, when he calls us, what does it say? He's faithful. He will also do it. And so when we look to the Lord and it says of Sarah and Abram, even though they were past childbearing age, they were, they were old. They were old. They couldn't do it anymore on their own. But it says they trusted in God. They judged him faithful and he came through for them. Without faith, why do I need faith? Why do you need faith? Because without faith, our hope is more of like a, well, I guess I'll throw it up there and uh, I don't know. Is any, anybody listening? Is anybody out there? I, I, I'm really, I don't know. Our faith, what, what does it do? We need it because it gives us that security and assurance that I can trust God and I know what he wants to do in me. So it's no longer just lobbing up a prayer and saying, well, if you want to do it, God, if it's your will, if you have something, no, it's stepping forward and believing I need my faith. It's my key to access God and all that he has for me. And it allows us to be secure in him and to walk confidently in him. You know, we were serving at one point, we lived out in California going to school and we were serving at church. And in the middle of that, the Lord called us to move back to Minnesota. So this was our, our Minnesota time from 2005 to, to 2017. And all we heard from the Lord is move back to Minnesota and partner with your parents. We just thought, okay, what does that mean? And we moved back and we, we enjoyed. I mean, we love serving in ministry. It, it was great to be with our, our family and extended family to allow our kids to grow up around their grandparents, which was wonderful. And uh, in the middle of that, you know, there was many times where we had either offers or things that would come up. Hey, would you come and would you, you could come on full-time staff. I can pay you right now. And you go, oh gosh, that would be nice. Because what was our heart? Our heart was to kind of be in full-time ministry. Not because uh, uh, of anything selfish, but just our heart was to give everything into the ministry and to do what God has called us to do. So in the middle of that, there was so many times, and I remember even people going, well, I don't want your gifts and talents being wasted where you're at. And you just go, gosh, what kind of word? And these are, these are friends. You know, these are people that we know. And, and as you go, you go, gosh, well, Lord, what do you, and you come back to the Lord. What do you want, Lord? I want you to stay and continue serving where you're at. So why do I need faith? Because your life is going to be challenged by all the different things around you, voices, situations challenges you're going to come up and you have to have faith. You have to have something that you can be secure in. Third, today as we're looking at faith, how do I develop my faith? How do you do it? Well, it could be pretty simple, but in Hebrews 6.12, it says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what God has promised to them. So how do I develop my faith? Well, look around. Find some other people. Find some other people that you know are seeing some kind of fruit or some kind of, they're growing in the Lord and you can see, man, there, there's something happening. Find those people and begin to imitate them. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. Find them and, and look for others that are maybe a little bit ahead of you. Maybe just a little bit in life or if you're going, 
you, you want to do something like you have an entrepreneurial idea like, man, I feel like God is calling me to do this. What do you do? Find some other people that are doing that with the Lord's help and find out from them and then begin to walk after them. Also, we need to make sure that uh, how do we develop our faith? We got we to gotta start using our faith. We got to use it. You know, there's things where they say, if you don't lose it, you'll lose it. I hate that term in terms of working for like a company where you got PTO, you know, you got, uh, not PTO. Yeah, yeah, it is. Plan time off. Sorry, I was thinking of PTA at school. Sorry, PTO, PTO, plan time off. What do you do? You accrue time and then they say, now you can take your vacation. And I just, I worked at a place where they said, well, if you don't use, use those hours, you're going to lose them all. And you go, gosh, I worked so hard for this. And you won't even let me take vacation because there's all this work I got to do. Anyways, so we have to develop our faith. We have to begin to use it, though. Uh, in James chapter 5, verses 16 and 18, this is a, a very maybe familiar verse to you. But it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's interesting here that he points out in James that you should pray, that you should lay hands Open your mouth and confess, work together, and it says healing will come to you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The point I wanted to point out here is that it goes on to say, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. You know, I think many times I look at other situations, even being younger, and seeing people and going, gosh, how, how are they doing that? How do they get so much fruit, and how do they look like they're doing such a great job? And I think it's just somebody that started with what they had, and they begin to develop it. And a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And oh, I run into something, and I, I'm back up a little bit. I learn, I grow, and with the Lord's help, I believe that we'll see our faith continue to develop and to grow. Why do I point out Elijah? Because if you know anything, or if you've read in the Old Testament, Elijah was this amazing prophet, man of God. He would do these crazy, crazy uh, miracles and even this, right? He prayed and it didn't rain for three years. That's crazy right there. That's crazy. Like his prayer controlled the environment. That, that's really crazy to me. And yet it says, but he was a human being. He's just like you and I. What does that tell us? There's nothing special. All it has to take is what you have. Even at one point, Jesus said, even if you have faith as a mustard seed, what is a mustard seed? Have you ever seen it? They're, I mean, they're very, very small. Very, very small. And what is Jesus just saying? Just take what you got. Take what you got and use it. Don't try and be at this level or that place or got all this going on, but just start with what you have right here in front of you. And how do you do that? Say, okay, God, what do, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to work on? Where do you want me to be a blessing? And so how do I use my faith? Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, there's a story of uh, Jesus walking along with his disciples. And it says, as they were leaving the city, a blind man, his name was Bartimaeus, which really means son of Timaeus, which means they didn't even know what his name was. Because in the Bible, bar, that first part, B-A-R, that we would translate to English, just means son of. 
So he was really son of Timaeus. He didn't even get his name mentioned here. They didn't know what his name was. But he was a blind man. He was sitting by the roadside begging, right? He was calling out anybody that will help me. They didn't have programs. They didn't have anything like that to help out people that were disenfranchised or, or had some kind of physical ailment that separated them at that time. And it says, Bartimaeus, when he was sitting by the roadside and when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was walking by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he just began to shout and to yell and to call out him. And what does it say? The people around him, they rebuked him and told him, be quiet, quiet, stop. But he shouted all the more. He was a little tenacious. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to him and said, cheer up. He's calling you. Come on, let's go. And he threw aside his things. He jumped up to his feet and he came to Jesus. And he uh, came to Jesus and Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? So here's Jesus, the son of God that we love, that we serve, that oh, we live for. We live for Jesus. And here he is in person at that time. He calls to him and he says, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man says, teacher, rabbi, I want to see. Well, I think it would be obvious when he comes to him, he's a beggar. He's blind. There's probably something that you could see or tell with his eyes. They, the muscles may not even function properly. And so it, it, it may look different. And so Jesus, instead of saying, Oh, I can see that, you know, there's something wrong with you. What does Jesus say? What do you want? And he says, I want to see. And the reason that I bring this up today is how do we use our faith? We have to put it into action and we have to begin to call out to God. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that when we know that Jesus is present, when, he know, when we know he's available, like I know that he's here, I know that he wants to do something for me. We have to ask the question, do we begin to call out to him for what we need? Instead of going, oh, I just don't have enough of this, or I'm struggling, or oh, why do I have this pain, or whatever it may be. But instead of that, calling out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need you today, and being specific with him about it. See, when we begin to pray and use our faith, we need to, we need to be specific about what we are looking for. Jesus said to him, what do you want? And what did he say? Oh, I'm, I've just been all this time, I've been, I've been struggling and I, I have physical issues. And what does he say? I want to see. And what does that tell me? We got to tell Jesus what we need. I need you to come through for me. I need you to come through for my family member or my whoever you're representing today. But in all of this, what does it say that uh, he was shouting and he was excited because he knew was Jesus was near? And these people began to, to say, now I wouldn't usually say this, but they, would, they were saying, shut up, shut your mouth. That's what they're saying. Shut your mouth. Be quiet, quiet. And for us, we're going to have all kinds of voices and things that will be coming up to say, stop it. You don't need to do that. Because when we step in and we begin to walk after what God has for us, other people may not see the picture yet. What happens? There's a picture that begins to be painted on the inside. Because as your faith grows and you stretch out and you say, okay, God, what do you want? Many times it starts on the inside. It's a dream. It's a vision of, oh, I just had this thought of God, God wants me to, to do something. 
right? But you, what happens? You go to share it with something. Hey, you know, I, I really think like God wants me to, to start this ministry and he wants me to minister to these people and you'll have other people go, nah, it's not going to work. It ain't going to work. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. You're not skilled enough. You're not connected enough. And what happens, you're going to hear all of these different voices that tell you, shut up, be quiet. And yet in that, we have to be resilient and we have to have tenacity to step up and say, Jesus, I have need of you. They have need of you. I'm coming on their behalf. I'm lifting them up today. If it's somebody else you're praying for, believing that God wants to do something in them, let's use some secure, assured, confident faith in what God wants to do in us and through us for other people. But we have to get specific. You know, sometimes someone will say, well, well just pray for me. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I like to say, well, what do you need prayer for? Well, I'm just struggling. Well, struggling with what? You know, because you might be praying, oh God, they need, you know, some physical healing. And they really are like, I don't have any money. Well, you just said I'm really struggling. What do you need? Oh, you know, I, I got laid off or something got cut at work and I just, I don't have enough funds right now. All right, let's pray about that. Lord, I believe you're going to open doors for these people. They trust you. They put you. But what happens when we just throw out, fling out these general prayers or these general beliefs, we got to get specific just like Bartimaeus did with Jesus. He called out to him. And what happens? Jesus tells this guy, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Because what happened? He put his faith in Jesus. He believed him. He called out to him and he said, I need you. I need you to work in me. A couple other things that I just want to mention again. I, I said earlier, but in John 20, 29 is where Jesus said to Thomas, one of, the, one of the disciples, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because what happens, our faith, when we're putting it out, we're not seeing it. I don't see it in my physical eyes. I may not see it here yet. But God is saying, hey, I want you to use your confident assured hope on your inside and get something done for the kingdom. Get something done in your life for what God has for you, all that he wants to do in you and through you. Also in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, Jesus is working with his disciples and he says, have faith in God, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they uh, say will happen, it'll be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. It will be yours. But what happens? We got to use that faith to say, Lord, I'm going to step up and I'm going to grab a hold of what you have for me. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're facing any kind of physical issues, you know, a sickness or a disease, or maybe you're just feeling worn down or tired. Maybe your finances are struggling. I don't know. Maybe you're saying, I believe I, I have this dream from the Lord and I have something that, um, uh, that I believe God wants me to step into, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. You know, that's where you have to, be, to come and begin to say, Lord, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I trust you. And I know that you're telling me to step out and to do this. And Lord, I'm going to use my faith. 
And what does Jesus say? You could tell this mountain be removed and cast into the sea. That's, that's big faith, right? That's a big thing. And you go, how in the world could I ever see a mountain? Have you ever seen a mountain? Jesus, have you seen a mountain? Do you know what that is? Do you know what it looks? But Jesus said, if you would speak to that, use your faith, you would see those things moved out of the way. You'd be able to walk the straight and narrow path that God has for you. And I'm so excited because I know that I know that I know. All you have to do is just get started. I don't know where you're at today again, but if you haven't made the Lord, uh, the Lord of your life, that's a good place to start right there. It's just to say, okay, I'm going to step out. I'm, I'm going to look to you. Maybe you're a little farther down the path and you go, well, I, I know the Lord. I love the Lord. What should I do? Maybe get in freedom next week. Start freedom. Wow, I'm not really bound by it. That's okay. The Lord wants to free you even more to be able to walk fully in your calling. You know, as we jump into other things, what, what should I do? Just start small. Well, they had this big need. Well, pray for them. I don't know if I, what happens if, if they don't get healed? That's not your job to heal them. Jesus just asks you to step out and believe and to ask and to pray. So as we close today, I just want to challenge you, not only to know what faith is, look in the word, but make sure you know why you need faith. I need faith. Develop your faith. Continue walking in it. How do I do that? Find somebody else that you know is walking with the Lord and something good is happening and imitate them, right? It says that in the word, imitate what they're doing because they found something and now they're receiving the promises of God and all that he has for them. Amen. We can do it. And I know you can do it. And that's why we do it together, right? We're the body of Christ. Let's do it together. Pastor David, would you come this morning? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you. And I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Podcast.